it's Jake's so, are you excited about today's episode? Dude, it was really yes, awesome. Jake. He was really nice. We're recording now. That's why you, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that was amazing. I can't. Um, I love your little intro before. It was which what? Which part? Like, like, in case anyone doesn't know, this is you know the. We just did a show where we are we gonna is that what this we're is doing the now? intro? Yes. So we say we just interviewed the bitchy. We just waiter interviewed the bitchy waiter with the bitchy waiter. You're going to listen to. Right. Our, next. Our next. This is leading up to that. This is leading up to that. It just happened. But. So in time. And this is, this is actually happening after that. Right. So we're telling you what you're about to hear, but even though we just had it, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was really nervous before we did this, but we opened with John saying, <clears throat> in case you don't know who this guy is, like, in case any of you don't know, this is Al Pacino. You know, he's a friend of ours. Like, like anyone who doesn't know who we are knows who he is. Knows who he is. Yeah. So, I mean, I if was... If you're listening to this, you already know who the bituator is. Yes. He's hilarious. Yes. He's great. He's yes. very... Uh, Darren Cardoza. He's, has a lot of experience. Yeah, we didn't talk about his last name. We didn't talk about... Um, our bread and butter situation, like what? There's a lot. I mean, we missed so how long, many notes. How long can we? Can, can we? How long can we Will keep the man again? on the horn? I mean, maybe we'll see how this one goes. Yeah. But um, was it good for him? <laughs> was it as good for him as it was for us? <laughs> I I had a blast. I was and loving that. I like talking to him. He's a fun guy. I think um, he was genuine. He was funny. He was knowledgeable. He's everything. He, I don't know. Everything you'd want in a server. Well, everything <laughs> that you think it, you're gonna get from talking to the guy. Yeah. Listening to him is. So we're super stoked. Yeah. Uh, the bitchy waiter. Go to thebitchywaiter.com. Read the blog. Um, read the book. Go buy the book. Check him on YouTube. His, Check him on YouTube. He's like stand up and his singing that he does. is amazing. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's really fun to watch. So. Um, it's John. Is there anything else that needs to be how introduced? How long is this thing supposed to be? It's, this is Just long an, enough. Two minutes. Like our, yeah, two minutes. We're already at two minutes. They're already <laughs> asleep. They're done. All right, here's our and conversation anyway. with the bitchy waiter. John and friends. <laughs> so, first of all, I just want to say thank you for doing this. Yeah. This yeah. is super cool. Um, we're, we're excited to have you and uh, love your stuff. Uh, I listened to your book and he, he read your book. Um, we, <laughs> that was good. I, I've, I've got some notes. He's got, he's got no, some I'm notes. Kidding, not really. Um, that's, that's a horrible thing. To I will say he wants to hear that. No, <laughs> I can't um, say. I, I want to redo it half of it. So I get it. Fine. <laughs> well, you could do, you could write another one, right? Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so first, just for our listeners, I just want to introduce you. Um, for those who don't know, Darren Cardoza is an actor, is an author, is a performer, um, is a comedian, is an, a very bitchy waiter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody all, I've all been following. Yeah. And, um, the, the bitchy waiter, the book is fantastic i really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun with it and commiserated with a lot of the um frustrations absolutely um, just to be clear anybody who knows who or listens to us has definitely already listened to him yeah he's probably already following darren for sure I hope so. so i guess my first question for those who haven't read the book is you you when did you get started in the business when i well, you know, I got my first restaurant job like so long ago. I'm embarrassed. It was 1985. So, um, but I was just a teeny 
you know, senior in high school. But um, mm -hmm. but I've been pretty consistently working in restaurants off and on my whole life. And, uh, you know, a couple years off here and a couple years off there, but it's always the place you can go back to because, you know, you can always just hop right back in. It's like riding a really sad fajita smelling bike is what it's like. So just get on it and start up right where you left off. So yeah, pretty consistently like for 35 years, that's crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that time, was there, was there a, a, a pink cloud period and then the bitchy waiter was born? I mean, when did yeah. the bitchy waiter become? The, uh, I started the blog in 2008, in December of 2008 is when I, I came home from my shift one day and I literally just went to Blogspot or something and started a blog because I was just, I always like to write. So I was just frustrated with my day and I thought, I'm going to just start a blog. I didn't even really know what blogs were. I just started it. And it was just a really great outlet for me creatively to write and also to release my frustrations from waiting tables. And I just kept doing it. And look, like it's like 12 years later and I'm still doing it. But kind of crazy that how that happened. But that's how it started. It literally was just out of frustration and, um, you know, I like to write. So mm -hmm. that's what um, but, but obviously we wouldn't, we, you know, we're both in the business. I currently, I wait tables and Walter bartends, but we've done both multiple yeah. times. Walter's actually been in the back of the house for a very long time before you got to the front of the house. I mean, yeah. you've been in the business. Washing dishes since I was like 16 or. Yeah. And so we do it because we love it on some level. So, I mean, although right. you say I'm the bitchy waiter, I mean, there are certain, there are certain things that you get out of it as well. Right. Yeah. I, I say in, in my live show that I try to do as often as I can, it does end up, you know, the end of the show is kind of full circle moment. And I do say that nobody can do mm -hmm. anything for this long without at least liking it a little bit. So in the show, I have this realization that, oh my God, I think I actually like it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't keep doing it if I hated it as much as I pretend to on my blog, but uh, you know, it's for a better blog. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people feel that way. It's, it's, a, it's a job that you can, like I said earlier, you can just kind of pop in and pop out. And it's a job that once you leave it for the day, you're not usually having to think about it anymore for the rest of the night. Uh, you don't take your work home with you. And if you need extra days off, you can get them. If you need extra money, you can pick up extra shifts. So there's a lot of positives to working in the restaurant industry. As much as we like to bitch about it, overall, it can be a pretty rewarding thing. So mm -hmm. I keep on doing it. Honestly, now, though, I, I do wonder, because I'm, I'm part-time at my restaurant now. So I wonder if I wasn't the, the bitchy waiter if I would still be in the restaurant industry, I, I don't know if I would or not. You know, I, I feel like I, I need to keep waiting tables because I feel like I would be a sham if I wasn't waiting tables and still writing and blogging about it. Yeah, it does. Because anytime I do any kind of media or anything, the first thing they say is, do you really wait tables? And I just say, yes, I do. I don't tell them that it's part time because it doesn't matter. Do people I, I still do you out? Yeah, as as sort of uh, like they're like, oh my god, there you, there he is, like he's the, we're at his restaurant, like it's happening. Have to sit in his section. I, I don't usually, I don't tell people where I work 
um, generally. And but every once in a while, somebody will come in and they'll 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 ask like, "Hey, are, are you the bitchy waiter?" I'm like, "Oh yes, yes, I'm, yes, I am." But I promise, I'm not going to be mean to you. I promise. <laughs> It doesn't happen that often, but sometimes it does, and it's always really exciting and cool for me. That's awesome. Um, what do you think about like places, you know, that pride themselves on bad service? I think there was a diner like in Florida, and I know that there was a punk rock bar like in Seattle. Chain, Maybe, yeah. but that's, there's this thing where they're like mean and rude to you, and that's the that's the shtick. kitsch. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I, mean, I think everywhere. <laughs> Every restaurant has, you know, has to have their their thing, right? And there's one called Dick's. I think it's a national chain, and there's a few restaurants around the country. And that's what how they, they just treat their customers poorly. But I also know that they actually give good service, and it's all in fun. And you can't be working at one of those restaurants without being able to be a good server. You you have to be able to know what you're doing and know how to be kind of bitchy and sardonic to a customer without actually offending them so they know you're just kind of in on the joke but right. god i would love to work at a place like that i think it'd be awesome mm. <laughs> i think it'd be great yeah. um yeah it's i think a lot of it too and i know that uh, walter and i worked at the same place for a long time together and it was a very it was high-end resort super proper and so you you spend most of your time apologizing biting your tongue and and catering Giving things to the, away for free <laughs> basically yeah, it's okay so, your dinner's on the house don't yeah, like i'm, I'm yeah. sorry you know um there were no grill marks on your corn on the cob so your whole right, meal was so. free <laughs> like, but there's that you know and i think that you know when you when you wrote this book and when you do the blog like it's it's a great release and we all have this frustration um i'm wondering if you think expectations for guests and for customers has been like accelerated ridiculously with you know celebrity chefs and the food network and and everybody having it their way and in an element and rather do you know what i mean like i feel like yeah, there's yeah. expectations are too high and not that they shouldn't do, be high but yeah. i i i do feel that I've been waiting tables so many years, and I feel like now there is this sense of entitlement that customers have. And I'm sure it's not just in the restaurant industry. It's it could it could be in retail or anything really. If you're a customer, you expect things to be done for you the way you want it done immediately. And I don't feel like that was the case 25 years ago so much. But nowadays, and it's probably due to that that people watch H, uh, Food Network and they think that they are just as good of a chef as whoever is in the kitchen at the restaurant we're working in. And so they feel like they need to put their two cents in about the grill marks on the fucking corn on the cob. Can right. I say the F word on this, yes, on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck that yeah. just came foodies. right out. I was Foodies. Okay, yeah. yeah. I hate yeah. foodies. The other F word. And also, you know, Instagram and the people's need to take a picture of something. I mean, how many times have you served food and then you watch someone spend three, five, six minutes trying to perfectly capture this image so that they can post it onto their social media. And you're just standing there waiting to take for them to take their first bite of the steak so you can see like, are you good? Can I go on? Right. But they they have to do all that. So but now they have to yeah, send it back because it's cold. <laughs> right, right. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, it happens all the time. How many times have we taken coffee or tea out to somebody and then they're just talk, talk, talking away. And then mm -hmm. 10 minutes later, they'll call you and say, my coffee's cold. Like, well, bitch, it's because you have just not been drinking it. Yeah. Or you told me 
two inches so that you could pour milk into it. That's why it's cold. Right? It's yeah, the coffee was refrigerated. I mean, the milk was refrigerated. You're welcome. Like <laughs> It's going to be cooler than it was when I put it down if you don't drink it right away. So mm. deal with it. But yeah, customers, I think today expect a lot. And, and not, they're not, they should expect a lot, but um, I, I don't think that they should expect it in a rude way, which I think happens a lot. Yeah, I just feel like, People, somebody who is a restaurateur, who's a chef, for those of us who serve for a living, we we have this sort of, we have this ideal and we're part of this team because we love what they're doing. We love the food and we love the atmosphere and, and we're here to give this experience to you. And when people come in and they want it tailored just to their thing, it really yeah. disrupts the experience for everybody, I feel like, you know? Well, yeah, but it's a trickle effect, right? So if 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 somebody comes in and and... The, the menu isn't to their liking because they saw Giada cook it a different way on the Food Network, then they want the cook to make it that way. And so that's just going to make everything else fall behind because now this other table is waiting for you to get to them because you are doing all these special needs for table seven. Then table nine, you're, you're not to them in time. It just, it just, it's a domino effect yeah. when customers do that's that. That's the rhythm off. Yeah, it does. I don't think customers understand that, that, when we come in and we make our first greeting and say hello, and then we make our second greeting and get the drink order, when even when they say, actually, we're ready to order now, sometimes you're ready, but sometimes you're like, I was not prepared to take your food order right now. I was just prepared yeah. to get your drinks and put them in the computer and do two other things before I took your food order. But customers don't understand that, and that's our yeah. job to just deal with it, but they don't get that there is a rhythm to it. Yeah, the, the place that I work at now, <clears throat> they stack... Uh, the reservations very quickly and very heavily in the beginning. And so it's really up to me to uh, set the pace right away about still or sparkling, let's go, we're going to do this. And I find that, you know, the best thing that I can do is to be quick and speedy with them, explain to them, we're going to get the whole thing at once because that kitchen's going to be backed up and I'm not going to make you wait 40 minutes for your steak and really push that, you know, because Again, if you allow people, and of course I want people to to have a great experience, but I want them to have our great experience, right? right. Well, there's a trick to that. I mean, there is an mm -hmm. art to to convincing customers to do something when you're making when it's really for you, but making it appear as if you're doing them a favor. Like like when you say you just said, I mean, I, we've all done it. Say, well, you know, I've got this twelve top over here, and I'd rather get your order in before them. So why don't we do it now, or else you're going to be like waiting that. a really long time. When the reality that. is, you, you want to get that done because once you get into that twelve top, every other table for about fifteen minutes, they're dead to you. So yeah. when somebody says it's not ready to order, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back in three minutes, ladies. Yeah. So you might want to decide right for what you want. <laughs> no, I can create an imaginary 12 top. I like that. I'm going to borrow that. There might yeah. not actually be a real 12 top way. I'm just saying that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not well, above that. Back, you know, like you can't see it, but I promise it's back there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, can we? There was a few things out of the book that I know that. Walter was curious about and had a couple of questions. Was <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, no, it's nothing bad. No, no, no. The olive oil, olive oil. So olive oil. You remember writing about the cartoon character olive oil coming in, and she's there, yes. and she's in her fifties or whatever. She's dyed her hair, and and yes. um, I was picture. So as I'm reading this, I'm imagining Shelley Duvall has come in and is sitting there. Yeah. 
was it her or but then at the end you say if you're like a cartoon creator i'm going to treat you like when i was like oh maybe it was just some lady who looked like olive oil it wasn't shelly duvall at all can you reveal I, I that are we allowed to it, it was not Shelley Duvall. I remember her, and um, <laughs> it was not her. I wish it, it would have been. played all of well. I was like, that must be, she must have been in New York at that time. I don't know. I just I imagine I, that. I had, when I wrote that book, I had other stories about uh, famous people and uh, that I wanted to put in there, but the editors wouldn't let me put oh. it in. So Got permission that all for that. Got that other lady. Yeah, Linda Lavin. Yeah, I yeah. did get permission for her. And, um, but there were some other ones now it's been so long, but, um, like, I think I was going to write a story about Katy Perry. I'd waited on her and there was this funny story and they wouldn't let me put that in there. Um, there are a few things that didn't make it in just because they didn't want to deal with, um, I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't do my research properly. When did the book come out? April of 2016. So it's oh, wow. been almost, okay. Like, yeah. Are How there... do we get more people to read it than just industry? Cause I feel like. I mention you, and I'm like, oh my god, I saw this thing on Bitchy Waiter. You got to read this, and I'll like send it to my my one of my coworkers, and she's like, oh yeah, I know, I saw that last week. He's hilarious, and so like every, we all see, we're all we all get it. Like we know they're the guests are awful. We're trying our best. We love them, but we hate them. We need them. They need us. We we all kind of, we understand that. We can't seem to get them to understand that they won't read a sign to save their no. lives. Like. They no. Like, how are we failing them? Like, I see, like, when I'm sitting at my bar, people come in, they're like, oh, are you open? And then when I'm fully open, they come in like, are you open? And then when I'm closing the other night, they're like, so are you open? And at no point, there's no all, lights are on, lights are off. Tables are on, yeah. chairs are on tables. Like, there's no signal I can give them to express them what's happening. It what should be pretty clear, but it, yet it's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no answer. There's this Come thing here. that my dog is. Oh, Harper, um, calm. Okay, <laughs> just had to say that. It's okay. <laughs> there's this thing that I've always said with people um, that they there's this like, don't bother me with what you have. Bring me what I want, and that seems uh, to be that that feeling, that sense of entitlement. Yeah. Um, are there, yeah, are there any celebrity that. stories you can share with us? Um, you would let want me to. Well. Well, the one, the, the, the Katy Perry story wasn't even bad about Katy Perry. It was actually, she came across great. And it was, um, it was a long time ago. It was maybe like 2009 or 10. And so she was kind of newer to the scene. And it, I was working at this uh, really nice restaurant that I only worked there for about a week It was or a month. It was fine dining and they actually fired me. Oh, it's in the book. The, the book that the, the restaurant shall not be named, they fired mm -hmm. me. Well, Lispy. Uh, yes. And she asked me if um, it was lunch and she wanted mashed potatoes with her hamburger. And and it was my first day out of training. And I and I said, I'm not sure if we have mashed potatoes at lunch or only at dinner, but let me go check. So I went to the kitchen and I asked, and they were like, no, no mashed potatoes, no mashed potatoes. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went up to a manager and mentioned it, and she said, no, you can't have, there's no mashed potatoes. I'm like, all right, fine, I, I get it. It was just that Katy Perry asked for, and she went, oh my God, it was Katy Perry? Hold on, it was Katy Perry? She totally freaked out. <laughs> she went to the kitchen, and she comes up, she, you know, asking everybody, that she comes up like three minutes later, and she says, bad news. 
we can't have mashed potatoes at lunch. They're just not here. I'm like, okay, fine. And she said, next time Katy Perry wants mashed potatoes, you should say Katy Perry wants mashed potatoes, not just <laughs> Joe Blow. And I said, got it. So Joe Blow gets no mashed potatoes, but Katy Perry might, right? And she's like, yes. So I went up to Katy Perry and I said, yeah, I'm really sorry, but we don't have mashed potatoes, just French fries. And Katy Perry just went, okay, cool, fries are fine. Like it was no big deal with her. Clearly but the, not the yeah. biggest problem she's gonna encounter today. Right. She's a person, like she doesn't get fucking mashed potatoes because she wants mashed potatoes, but the manager was freaking out on it. And I wanted to put that story in because I thought it just showed how idiotic uh, managers and restaurants can be. And also how some celebrities yeah. can have, be just regular, normal people. I thought it was a great story, yeah. but they wouldn't leave out. Yeah. Yeah, um, then they I've also, me anyway. <laughs> you bring up this good point. And I've always, I've always encountered there's only two types of managers. They're either exceptional or they're absolutely ineffectual. And I, yeah. I, I don't know why, how these people rise to the level of mediocrity. I mean, is it, big, it must be because... If they're any good, there's still a waiter or a bartender. <laughs> if they have any skill sets to bring into the table, they're working for a living. Right, exactly, because they know that, that if you're going to make a lot of money, you may as well just stay a server. Right. Because I, I, I've never been a manager, but I, I've worked with plenty of them, and I've always felt like in some restaurants and some weeks, I know that I had to have made more money than they did. Yeah, no, I was so, a manager. I hated the The staff were like – they were the, – the bartenders would show up a half hour late. And they would want to leave early, and I'm like, "You're le you're walking with $300 tonight, you little bastard." And I've got to stay yeah. here 70 hours this week to write your schedule, and you don't right. care. I'm not doing this. And yeah, no, it's uh, it's the worst. Yeah, I get a lot of questions from people, servers who ask me their my advice because they they've decided to become a manager or they've been promoted to a manager, and they <laughs> want my advice of how to be a good one, and. I don't, you know, I'm never going to say like, run away, don't do it. But I always just try to remind them to, hopefully you are a good server, but to remember what it's like to be a server and to always, always, always have the back of your service staff because nothing is worse than following the rules with a customer and explaining, no, I'm sorry, that can't be done. That's absolutely mm -hmm. not possible. And then they ask for a manager and then the manager has no backbone and they say, okay, I guess we can do it just for you this one time. And then you look like the asshole and they don't tip you because you are the one trying to do the right thing, but the manager didn't have any balls to follow up. You know, it just pisses me off. And 100%. so I always advise people like stay true to your server heart and just always back them up, you know, unless they're a shitty server, but you know, yeah. I did love that about exactly. being a manager. I got to do all the things because because I had cooking experience and dishwashing experience and bartending and so no matter who got behind, I would like I mean in a night I would be I would work six different jobs and it was kind of fun for like a year or so until you know I ran out of money and I was like why am I doing this so <laughs> yeah yeah um, I I not do it I have no desire to be a manager no yeah, way. Right. And for the Never. record, the gentleman who is my manager now, I respect and really appreciate his support in case he's listening. Oh, if listening. he's listening, yes, me too, and, and <laughs> entirely, yes. All eight of my managers that are on that are on premises uh, on um, a given night. Yeah, so yeah. mine, mine too. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> we all um, agree. There's 
There was another story about the stake that Walter had a question about. And we don't have to answer this question, but in okay. chapter five, there was a oh, question. I... <laughs> Are we allowed to? Because you just left it hanging. You didn't say what I you know. did. Did I, was I or did I serve her the floor meat? Yes, I did not serve her the floor meat. I, I didn't, didn't do think it. so. I wouldn't guess that you would. No, I didn't. I, I, I think I remember it. I just explained what happened, and she was fine with it. And I think I comped her like a dessert or something, you know, that's to make right. up for it. That's right. I told John that's what we probably did. I was like, that's, yeah. he, there's no way. He, he totally went out there and was like, it's in the box. If you maybe if you're this is for your dog, but you know, I wouldn't. Can I buy you a dessert or something? Because I'm right. sorry, or yeah. want to wait 45 minutes because the chef will do it, but yeah. we have to wait. For us. So yeah, yeah, that's what I exactly what I assumed was going to happen. I, I'm not that much of a bitch. I did not serve her the floor meat. So. <laughs> I didn't think that it was possible. No, I, and I don't think that any of us, we, uh, Walter and I have talked about this before. There are many, I, I would never serve anybody anything that I thought would make dangerous, them dangerous yeah. or, or dirty or anything like that. I think we both have uh, much more uh, clever, more passive aggressive ways to get back at people that we. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Only. The really creative, smart servers find another way to get back at them. So yeah. if, if you're serving somebody dirty food, like, step up your game. Come right. on. Try hard. Yeah. No, I can lose their dessert, like, six times. They can sit there for an hour and wait for something. Like, I've got all the – I already know that we're not going to be discussing a tip later. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's fine. Right. We'll just, we'll just wait for eternity for that coffee. And it will be decaf. Don't worry. 100%. Oh, yeah. Have you ever said, have you ever done the thing where uh, you told someone that their credit card was declined when it wasn't declined just to embarrass them and their <laughs> guests? Oh my God, no, I, I'm going to use that name. Oh my God, that's good. It's great. Because our computers I've done it all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's usually, you know, I did it when somebody was just, they just were treating me shitty the yeah. whole time, you know? And then the, the guy gives me the check, and it's like, I'm sorry, your card's been declined. Well, well it should be fine. Well, I'm sorry, it didn't go through. Do you have another form of payment? And then you can see all of his friends at the table oh, like, oh, yeah. God, how embarrassing. Well, the fear in his eyes must have been, oh, you you probably slept like a baby that night. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> can I, if I could just tell, relay a similar-ish story, there was a guy, and I actually felt really bad. He wasn't really rude. It was totally dead. He was my only guest. I was bartending, and I was just... I was scanning his card. I swiped in the machine, and I was just flexing the card a little bit, and it popped oh. in half. And I was oh. like, oh, my God. I look over. He's, like, two feet away, and he's like, what did you just do? And I'm like, I don't even know, sir. I'm so sorry. Obviously, this is – I'm not going to run this. Like, I'm not going to – I, you know, this meal is – it was just a sandwich or something. It was, like, a Saturday, and it was in California. He was on vacation from New York, so it's like he can't even get his money now. Like <laughs> – Oh, he just—I felt so terrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Well, have you ever lost somebody's credit card in in between? You know, the time that you pick it up at their table and then get to the credit card machine, you're like, "Where the fuck did I? Where did their card go?" And you yeah. know, my last job in Seattle, there's the the POS system was right there, and again, I'm bartending, so they they would come up to the counter to pick up their to-go order, and this guy lived in the apartments above yeah. me, and I again, I swiped his card right through the machine. And somehow it slipped through my fingers, and there were all these like little tiny refrigerators for like all the different types of beers, like a really small little bar called Grotto Bistro yeah. Grotto, and it just you know it's like a football. It hit the corner of the card uh -huh. and bounced in some random direction, and vanished entirely. 
and I grabbed a flashlight, and he's, again, he's, like, a foot away, and he's just like, where is it? I'm like, sir, I don't know. Like, he's like, I he starts getting really mad. I'm like, I, I pull out the refrigerators. I'm, like, looking for it. Like, oh, my God, I was there for, like, 45 minutes. So I'm like, I, if, when I find it, I'll get it back. It would take your food. I'm not going to charge you for it, but I, I can't even imagine where, and I found it, like, I think later that night I was cleaning. It was like had somehow like yeah. gone around behind the garbage can somewhere. Like I don't, I can't fathom the physics involved. It was a very <laughs> special moment. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's, that's terrifying. Not... I've given it to no. different tables and then had them walk out, and I had some guy berate me, and I mean, I in kind of rightfully so for giving it to the wrong table, but that I learned that very night that. I always check the name. I always double check the name. Oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. Here's <laughs> that yeah. I mean, that's the worst too. Yeah, when you swipe somebody's card by mistake and then you you don't realize until later, and it always works, you know, against you. You're like, oh, of course the one that I swiped is the one that's like, you know, not the right amount. So now I'm short like 25 bucks. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the worst. Yeah, I hate that. Do you work or have you worked in environments where um pranks and jokes and like i mean it gets you know we work in a very stressful environment and there's a yeah. lot of um and you know but we also have a lot of downtime and so you know either when it's stressed out or when you have downtime you tend to you know want to have fun with your coworkers and play some pranks and i was wondering if there were any moments you remember of pranks played on you or you playing on other people well i i, I played this prank well it was a regular thing for anybody new who mm -hmm. I worked at this restaurant called the Black Eyed Pea in in Houston, and uh, it was like chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes and collard greens and stuff. And we served uh, biscuits and oh. so for dessert we had we had cookies and we would make our own desserts and we so we had to get our own cookies and get our own ice cream make our own sundaes. So we would do this thing like sometimes we would make an ice cream sandwich. So you get you know two cookies, put some ice cream in there, and have a snack. So whenever it was a new person. You would make one for yourself. It was ice cream, and you would take a bite of it. And, oh, it's so good. You want me to make you one? Then you would go make them one, but you would put uh, butter in it instead <laughs> instead of ice cream. And so it's just, you know, a huge, like a dollar, like an ice cream scoop's worth of whipped butter in between two cookies. And then you just hand it to him, like, here you go. I just watch him take a big ass bite of butter. It was funny. Time. Solid. That's a solid <laughs> prank. So, and I want I want to ask you this because I, I want your um. Walter and I have worked together in many restaurants over the last 15 years. Um, and in one place, I think I had just <clears throat> become I was the bartender and I'd become the manager de facto guy there. And Walter um was he had culinary experience and I said we're short a line cook. Would you like to? Can you come in and can you work? He said yes. I said, okay, that's awesome, man. And so it was kind of a slow night, nothing's going on. And uh, I was waiting for him to go into the walk-in. And so one of the things we would always do when somebody would go into the walk-in is I would shut the door and turn the light off, right? You know, yeah. it's no big deal. I'm not going to lock them in there or anything like that. No big deal, right? Well, he was brand new and didn't know where anything was. And I think he grabbed something or knocked I something. was grabbing the giant, like, you know, the, the five-gallon tub of ranch. <laughs> Oh. And they kept the kegs and shit in there too. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like I'm coming out the door and the door is pushed back on me. So I'm knocked oh back and then the lights go out. I slip a little bit. The ranch comes out of my hand. I drop this giant bucket of fucking ranch. 
which there's that video that you put on Instagram of like the girl who drops up butter thing or whatever and just shoots up in her face. But this is like times a hundred. Like, so, and I'm in the dark and I'm scrambling and he's holding the door shut so I can't get out. And he's laughing. And I'm like, oh, like, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm really trapped in here. Like, you gotta let me I'm it's drowning in like, I don't even know how much is where. Like I, I still haven't lived it down. We still, this is like 15 years ago that this happened. And so I, if I just had a video of it. That would be awesome. Right. Um, so I just, I always tell people to be careful of the pranks you play, especially. Um, you don't want to be a son of a bitch like John. <laughs> yes. Even his mother is a delightful woman. I don't even know why. Yeah, <laughs> terrible expression. Um, I love Barbara. But yeah, you know, cause it's a very, it's a very stressful job and you know, we like to have fun. I think that's part of why, why we do this is because it's it can be it can be a lot of fun and it can be yeah. a place where I'm not sitting in an office all day and and I can go and we can be busy and I think I think you know our our brains are just wired differently than folks who who will go to an office from nine to five. Yeah, I couldn't do that. And even now, whenever I go to a restaurant, I'm sure we all do it. I the first thing I do is look at the staff and see like what are they doing and and. Whenever I there's this one Mexican restaurant we go to here in New York a lot, and the staff always looks like they're having so much fun. Like you can tell they they like each other, and they're always laughing and having a good time. And I always just think, this I want to work here so bad because it just looks like fun. You know, they're having mm -hmm. fun. Maybe it's an all maybe it's an act, or maybe they're just all trashed on tequila shots. But either way, it'll <laughs> be a fun bit. <laughs> but yeah, I love when I. I, I see people having fun at their restaurant, which is why I always have ended up working in more casual places. When I worked at the ABC Kitchen, which is the fine dining, I, I could not, that wasn't my scene. You know, I, I'm not buttoned up and I like to joke with my customers and, and talk and laugh <clears throat> and that wasn't, so I like the casual places for that very reason. I like yeah. to have fun when I'm at work. That's yeah. why we restaurant. You can get away with that most of the time. Mm-hmm. And people are there to have a good time, most of them anyway. And I, I work with a guy who the other night I was helping him with a table and, and he's just straight up. He's been doing it for years and he, I mean, it's not that he doesn't care, but he certainly does not um, button his lip for Zach, anybody. This is Greg. Oh, uh, Zach so, has tips waiting for him, by the way. <laughs> okay, thank last you. Job. I, was, I forgot I was supposed to tell you that. Thank you. Ago. I'll let him know. Thanks. Um, but he just, he was pouring wine for this guy and the guy kept holding his glass. He said, look, sir, you're going to have to put that down on the table or I'm going to pour this wine all over you. And he gets away with it. And it's just the way that he, I mean, the way that he, you present yourself, right? If you present yeah. yourself as having a good time, people will have a good time with you. Right. And, and again, it's, it's that same skill set that we were talking about earlier for those people who work at those intentionally rude restaurants that, mm -hmm. that you, you have to know how you can say a lot of things if you say it in the right way. And if Delivery, you can judge yeah. it. Mm -hmm. to know hey, I can I can get away with saying this if I say it in the right way mm -hmm. and I I'm pretty good at that Greg sounds like he's really good at it so <laughs> he I think is that that's a skill set that a lot of servers don't have and I'm I feel like I have it and I I like that I do because it makes waiting tables a lot more tolerable if you can say what you're really thinking mm -hmm. but say it in a joking manner that's not quite joking you know mm -hmm. well, I, i'll just list the things that i don't have like somebody will say like the, the mashed potato thing they'll say don't you just have like a pizza and i'll say 
oh, no, like they'll have the menu in front of them and I'll explain, oh, no, I'm sorry, miss, I, I don't have any pizza, I don't have any spaghetti, I don't have any Windex, I don't have any penny loafers, I also don't have any cars. <laughs> the things I do have are actually listed on this thing, uh, the menu here. If there's anything yeah. in there that you do want, please let me know, and I'm more than happy to bring you any of them. Otherwise, and they usually laugh, and I kind of get away with that. But You can get away with it. Laugh. Mm -hmm. You just have to laugh and say, <laughs> no, what can I get you, though? And say, yeah. and say it immediately, yeah. and then they're going to think that you're the best. So, Well, and don't you think that people in general, well, they respond to the truth better, and they will respect you more as a, as a server if you're straight up with them? Yeah. In fact, back to ABC Kitchen, I, mm -hmm. which, again, I only worked there for a couple of weeks, but um, it was people were ordering bottles of wine, which is not my thing. I can open a bottle of wine and I can recite what, you know, the label says. But this guy asked me what the fine, which wine he should get with whatever he ordered. And I found out later he was the president of the American Restaurant Association or something major. And I was like... You know, when he asked me, I'm having this brief moment, should I make up something or should I just be honest? And I started to say something and then I said, you know what, sir? I don't want to just try to make up something when I'm so new here. If you would just give me five minutes to find someone else who can give you a better, more educated opinion, I think it would be better for both of us. And he said, he said, I want to thank you for your honesty because a lot of people wouldn't have done that. So thank you. And sure enough, somebody came over, made him a great suggestion. He bought the bottle of wine and he tipped me like gangbusters because I was honest with him. Because how shitty would it have been if I just made up something? Sure. And then it's a crappy bottle of wine. Because I don't know, I don't know anything about wine. I drink it, but <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So yes, honesty is the best policy, I think, with your when when you're serving and waiting customers. It just yeah. always is better. Well, I will say this as far as wine goes. Walter and I both live and work in wine country we have for many, many years now. And there's a lot of beautiful wines, and there's a lot of wines worth drinking. Um, but to be honest, it's really just a matter of personal taste. I try um, and stay as vague as possible. <laughs> yeah, like, know. well, what do I like? It's like, well, I mean, what I'm tasting is maybe not what you're going to taste. So here are some kind of close-ish notes. Like, I kind of get this. But it depends on the temperature, your temperature internally, what you're eating, what you've already eaten, you know, like, is yeah. it hot outside or what kind of day you've had or how hydrated you are? Well, it's just the story so you factors. talk about the yeah. woman in the, the wine rep in your book and just how oh. ridiculous people get over wine. Are you talking about the Chardonnay woman? Um, this is the lady who wanted, she told me that her, the wine, um, she said the alcohol content slapped her in the face. Oh, thinking, yeah. Oh, God, it was like I'm early so in the book. Yeah, yeah she was. And, but she was so, she was just, yeah, she was just being a bitch about it, really. And, and I think she was trying to impress her friends. And I'm like, just order the wine. And if you don't like it, you, you don't like it. But you don't have to be a bitch about it. And, you know, on that point, too, I... I wish customers knew that when we pour that little sip of wine for them to taste, it's not for them to decide if they like it or not. It's for them to know that, that the wine hasn't turned, you know? Yeah. And people, they often, they sip it and they're like, oh yeah, I, I guess like I like it. it. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll keep it. I'm like, yeah, you're gonna keep it because I can sell like smelling it. It's not, doesn't smell like vinegar. So it's yours now. But yeah. people don't, customers think that that's just for them to decide if they like it or not. It's like, no, it's not a free tasting menu. It's, 
there's a reason you're sniffing and taking that sip, but right. customers don't. No, they mm -hmm. don't. No. Um, another thing, a great, uh, I think both of our favorite part of the book was, um, well, one of many, but the fork in the oh, trash. The fork, that was the, my favorite. The oh, soliloquy yeah. to the fork. It was or the... so psychotic. Like this, <laughs> if I if I may, like it was so beautifully dark. Like just like you, I mean, we've all done it. Obviously, mm -hmm. we've lose the silverware, and you, there's that moment where you negotiate with yourself: Am I going to try and do the right thing? Right. But then you're like, it's too far down there, and you resolve, and so you're you're into the you pass the apology. And you're now like, so the manager's caught on. He's mentioned this in the meeting last week. I can't have him find out that you're in there, sweetie. You know, I love yeah. you, but and you just had to take the pillow to your to the old lady's <laughs> face. You know, I'm like it's just like, oh, he's gonna cover up the fork, and oh, it's just so like, like it was so beautifully and just so fucked up. I loved it so much. It was like, oh my god, it was. <laughs> too far down there to reach. You don't want to get your 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 sleeves dirty. Yeah, you just pull no. out some extra paper towels, throw them on top of it, so Can't nobody have knows. Have any witnesses there. either? No one can no. know that he's in there. So you have to put the paper towels on top and hide <laughs> the evidence. And that, that's what you yeah. you've accepted. Your role in his death is like his final. Okay. So. Yeah. Ram, same thing with ramekins too. You know, if a ramekin goes into the trash. Like, yeah, that's just dead to me. You're, I'm not Sorry, getting back in. I hope they've worked that into their pricing structure because that's not happening. <laughs> it's just part of, you know, it's the cost of doing business, right? It's like a broken glass of ramping and it got thrown in the trash. You just deal with it. Yeah, own, yeah it's fine. Are there, are there any things like, are there any restaurant trends that you see today that you wish were not true or... Anything that's yeah. happening that should not be happening? <laughs> what I'm like really, help. really sick of is, um, and it happens here in New York a lot, is food being served on things other than plates. And I think there's blogs about it. There are Instagram accounts about it. But I get so pissed off when I get served a burger and fries on a fucking cutting board. Because <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's so just weird. like... It's all falling off, and and I know what cutting cutting boards don't go through the washer. You know how much bacteria is on that cutting board, so I need just give me a plate. I don't need any fancy things or like uh, like French fries served in a basket or a like a metal bucket or something. Just put it on a plate or a bowl and just serve it to me. But that is my pet peeve: is yeah. anything that's served. On a on a it's like wooden a substitute for creativity. Like we run out of ideas. You know, hey, what if we just put it on a an old piece of tile from a tile right. company? Like exactly. really? Like it's, what I, the hell is that? And I work um and I worked for so many different catering companies, and it was always the thing. Like, what are we going to serve this on? So I did a, a we worked an event at, for some skateboarding company or something here, and we were food on skateboards and like longboards and I was like these are fucking heavy and they're ridiculous like, why am I walking around carrying a skateboard and who wants to eat a fucking pig in a blanket on a skateboard nobody does but that's what we were serving food on skateboards that night that was that was annoying and heavy wow wow I that's ridiculous they're heavy without food on them yeah yeah I know yeah. it was. It was. I still walk by that store every once in a while. It's in Soho, and when I walk by it, I it was like easily 
14 years ago. And every time I walk by it, I just think, that's that fucking place that I had to serve food off a skateboard. <laughs> that stands for south of Houston Street. I don't know if you know that. Oh, uh, New York. I didn't. I did not. Then <laughs> the only reason I know that is a follow up question. Are, are you familiar with Timothy Levitch? No. Timothy B. Levitch. So he, it was like, what was it, 1998, they did some documentary about this guy. He's a tour guide for Grey Line Tours or something like that. And he knows, like, everything that's ever happened in New York. I don't know. He's he's kind of a character. He, he appeared briefly in another movie called Waking Life for, like, a moment. He's just oh. a very eccentric, kind of crazy guy. But he's like, yeah, I don't know. New York personality. Yeah, very, I don't know, it was... So I'll probably Google as soon as we're done, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I, I do that guy." <laughs> <seen him before." laughs> so I wanted to um, also ask you a little bit if you could explain the show. So the the one man show that you've done, you just you got you did it in Vegas recently, and um, you've taken it uh, several other places. Right. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's um, well. You know, I moved to New York to be a singer and actor and be on Broadway and you know, that didn't work out. So um, the, I wrote the show and it really is just based on the blog and the book. And so I take stories um, about waiting tables, like blog posts really. And then I find a song that kind of corresponds to it. I just weave in song with story. And some of the songs I will write all new lyrics for. You know, if you know the song, uh, Short People from the 70s, Short People Got No mm -hmm. Reason. I mean, you had to I rewrote that and it's called Old People and it's just about the misery of waiting on senior citizens. And, um, but then I follow that up with the story that's in the book about my grandmother, you know, because it, that's a really sweet story and I can't let people co come see my show think I'm a complete asshole. So I, I follow that with a sweet story and, and then the thread through the, sh the whole show is that, you know, I'm this waiter and I bitch about it, but by the end I realize, but, by being a waiter is what has allowed me to become what I want more than anything, which is to sing and, and perform and act on a stage in front of an audience. So if it wasn't for waiting tables and starting this blog, I would not be doing this show. So that's what waiting tables has done for me. And I, I just did a showcase of it last night, sun, Sunday night, and um, it's for more bookers. So I'm hoping in 2020 to uh, have be able to bring it out to some more <sighs> I would love to see you live. I saw a, a bunch of your stuff on YouTube, of course, the last. John told me that we're going to do this thing with you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, why would he agree to – we're <laughs> two idiots, you know, in California. But, like, there's no reason for him to want to talk to us. But so I was, so I was looking at all these YouTube things, like, the, the about the penny. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah no, I, I love watching you perform. I, I, I would love to come see you live. There's... I hope I can get some uh, – really, my goal this year is to get something on the West Coast – you know, Vegas was pretty close, but I really want to do something in L.A. just because I have so many friends there, oh. and it would just be super fun to be able to do it for that audience, but also have some of my friends who live on the West Coast to be able to come see it. <clears throat> so I'm hoping that that'll happen. And I literally picked up two pennies off the ground today, and my wish for both of them was, I hope I can book a bitchy waiter show on the West Coast. So um, that that's the other theme through the show is the penny, because, uh, you know, it starts with a penny, uh, and it just... Goes through the whole thing. Yeah. I'm, well, Walter, I, I, yeah. 
Walter worked at the Actors Cabaret in Eugene, there's, Oregon. There's no and, reason he would ever know what that is. But, but, but <laughs> I'm just saying is so... Uh, Dinner the, theater. And, <laughs> and Walter went to... Didn't you go to acting school in New York? I, I went to NYU, yeah, I did. Yeah. A, well, it was, a, yeah. it was a summer drama program at the Tisch School, Strasbourg uh-huh. Institute, just... It's yeah. very expensive, so I just did the one quarter and then came back and I was like, I don't want to be a, one of those starving artist waiters, so I'll go to culinary school and be a <laughs> chef instead. And this worked out so well that I'm a bartender 30 years later, but that's that's fine. 20 years later. You know, I mean, I have my BFA in musical theater, and you know, the only way I get to sing is by writing my own show and producing it and begging people to come see it. So it's, if that's what I it wouldn't takes, have to beg if takes. you came out here. I mean, oh, I think it's I, hope I think it's absolutely commendable. And it's really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's really great. It really is, Darren. Like I'm, I'm impressed at what you have done and accomplished and created. Uh, you know, and it's, I could go on and and talk about how, you know, you, nobody's gonna you see you like you say what you said before about there's always somebody there to help you, right? There's always, you're, you're looking for somebody else. It's always going to be with the help of somebody else. And help is there if you're willing to put forth the effort and the energy yourself and to create these things. And so that's something that I've always believed in too. And, and that you go, well, if I want this, then I have to create this. So that's part of what I do with the podcast and other things. And so I just really, I really, I dig what you do (laughs) and it's, it's great to listen to you. I'm a big believer in that, that if, no, I mean, I've been auditioning and being in the city for so many years that I, I do believe that not just auditioning, but almost anything in life that nobody hardly ever just gives you anything. I mean, for, yeah, some people it happens very easily, but I feel like as long as I'm trying something every day, as long as I'm putting out another blog post or going to another audition or doing anything, then there's reason to be hopeful the next day. And the only reason that you would have to not be hopeful is if you didn't do anything that day that mm-hmm. might sow a seed. So I feel like the more you throw out there, the better chance there is of something coming back to you. And I'm 52 years old and I still feel like, hey, I've got a lot of time for all kinds of things to still happen. And I don't believe when people say they're too old to do anything or it's too late for this. I just don't believe it. It, it can always happen for whatever, you're, whatever you want in your life, whether it's acting, performing, being a restaurant manager, whatever your dream may be. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's great. I mean, I, it's, it's your, your proof that that is true. Your message is so helpful. I just, I, <clears throat> and like I was saying before, like I, you're already very well known within the circles of restaurant workers. I just, I want to get the bitchy waiter out to more people, like people who are coming to restaurants, like the, you know, the general population need to know how to behave in public <laughs> and how do we make a curriculum know, of some sort? Yes. Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Get you involved with the, yeah, the educational system of America in some, well, every classroom. That that could be my next goal. Yes, <laughs> create a curriculum for uh, you know the all, the university system here in this right. country. <laughs> just mm-hmm. make it work. Yeah. Dream right. big. <laughs> and then so this other thing that I um I downloaded your app and I was wondering yeah. if you could talk a little bit about that because I was messing around with it and I started posting some pictures and checking things out and tell us a little oh. bit about the app. Well, it's called Staff Vibe and. 
I am a part owner in that of that app, and it's really just a social media. And it's another form of social media, but it's specifically made for those of us in the service industry. And it really is just a place to commiserate and communicate and share. And, um, you know, we're still developing it to try to make it exactly what we want it to be and what it should be that could really take off. But um, the staff vibe, the people who developed it, they still work in the industry. I just met them a couple of days ago for the first time. And their names are Kelly and Paul. And they they paid for this app completely on their own with tips. They both, they bartend and they wait tables. And they own the app, well, with this small portion that I have. But they own it fully. And I'm really proud of it. I, I want it to take off and become more than it is now. But it's still new. And... I like going to it and just seeing people supporting each other on there. It seems like right now it's a lot. Of, it's a place where people go on and just say, God, I had a really tough day today and here's what happened. And you see a few people, you know, saying, hey, tomorrow will be better or, you know, just supporting them. Staff and vibe. I like it. Staff yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's available. Why didn't you brief Apple? me on this before this? You were supposed to tell me to look, you know. <clears throat> this is my producer and best friend over here. He's told me nothing about the staff vibe thing. I didn't... I'm going to tell you all about it. I've already right. got. I've already got us on there. Okay. Um, don't you worry about it. Um, Was well, it it's relatively great. anonymous? Like, I don't want to get fired for saying the wrong thing. Like, you can be as anonymous as you'd like, sir. Where I work, they're like, like I met Banya. You, you ever watch Seinfeld? Of course, you familiar with the show? Is very popular. <laughs> Point. Yeah, I do. Stephen Heitner. Yeah. Is that his real name? Steve Heitner. Yeah. Steve Heitner. He was like, it's gold, Jerry. Well, he yes. came into my place one time, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have a friend who's, like, a huge Seinfeld fan, and I'm not allowed to speak. Like, celebrities come into where I am, and we're not allowed to acknowledge who or what they are. And yeah. so I'm like, I'm I'm going to roll the dice on this one. I was just like, hey, uh, I'm not really allowed to I, – I hope I'm not embarrassing you in any way, but can I just get a photo of you to send to my friend? Mm -hmm. And nobody will know. It's not going to be on social media, but he would be at a really big kick out of see, seeing you. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I don't care. And so he was totally into it. And I'm, I don't think that I could get fired for talking about that. No. But uh, I think the staff vibe thing is great. It's kind of like Imgur meets Facebook. You can okay. share links. You can share photos. You can share a post, like a story or something. And you can set it up to put whatever you want. I just started a gluten is not your problem okay. uh, account which I will link you to so that you can uh, you can mess around with it. But I'm, I'm hoping to promote it, and I'm hoping that we can possibly be in some way a part of you getting onto the West Coast as well. Um, I'd love to see you in San Francisco. <laughs> There's so many theaters over here, man. Yeah, San Francisco would be – or, I mean, L.A., but we're closer to San Francisco Yeah. Um, if you do a, do a tour. Friends there. Do you guys know uh, Broke Ass Stewart? Do you guys know him there in um, in San Francisco? He's a blogger and um, he's got, he's written a couple of books, like travel books. And um, mm -mm. so I, I work with him every once in a while. And usually I just he's got a lot of followers and a lot of success. So I will reach out to him when I have a question about like, hey, how should I do this? I'll reach out to him. So I would love to go to San Francisco just to meet him. And mm -hmm. I have some other friends know that there's a shit ton of restaurants in San Francisco. I've well, been there a few times. If you come out to San Francisco and you don't come up to wine country to Sonoma and oh, let me I buy think. you a really nice, expensive, crazy, like, you'll look at it and be like, there's no way anybody who pays this much for this glass of wine. 
Because when I sell glasses of wine for like a thousand dollars, I'm not gonna buy you a thousand dollar glass of wine, but but this it's real. It's like it's absurd. I would it's love it. Magical. I went to Sonoma. We were there a few years ago and stayed. Um, I think there's a Sonoma. I think it was Sonoma. What's there's two wine countries up there, right? Like Sonoma. What's the other one? Napa. Napa. They're like okay, okay. It was Sonoma we were in, and uh, we stayed for a couple of nights and we did a couple of winery tours. Me and my husband and we stayed at the I think there's a Marriott that we stayed in mm-hmm. and um yeah we had a great time hanging out up there and drinking wine pretending like I knew what it was supposed to I taste like I can't believe like. you didn't call me um, <laughs> um what a oh, I am so I don't want to keep you too much longer uh but I I wanted to know if there was something you any advice or something you might say to people who are starting in the service industry who, or, or even people who have been there for a long time and are tired of it, but you know, what, what hopeful message can you give to those of us who are toiling away in the uh, service stations tonight? (laughs) I always tell people that you can, you know, if you feel like you need to leave the restaurant industry to do something else, then by all means do it and know that the service industry is always there to welcome you back with open arms whenever you're ready to go back. Uh, There's, you know, restaurants are a dime a dozen and you can always get another job in a restaurant. And the other thing I always tell people is um, no matter how old you are, don't, don't ever feel bad about working in a restaurant because, you know, we, we all hear this a lot. Well, it's not a real job or, you know, that's just, that's not a career you know, I feel like if you're happy doing it and it's it's paying your bills and it's letting you live the life that you want, then do it until the day you die because it's it, it, there's nothing wrong with working in a restaurant. So there's a lot of people, I think, after they get past a certain age, have this sense of shame about still working in a restaurant. And I always want people to shake that off because mm-hmm. there is no shame having a job that you enjoy doing or that you're good at or just a job that pays your bills. Like that is that's enough to let you keep doing it and doing it with pride. So don't ever feel embarrassed about being a server. Amen. Amen. Um, and then lastly, where can people find you? Where, where can they seek out all of your, your book, your show? If you go to, uh, well, my website is thebitchywaiter.com and I try to update that when I can, but you can always find me on social media um, at bitchywaiter on Instagram and Twitter. And if you just type in bitchywaiter on Facebook, I'm the first thing that pops up. So, um, and all of those have ways to reach out to me directly if you have any questions. And I'm pretty good about responding to probably about 99% of my emails and messages. So um, shoot me a question if you have one. I'll, I do my best to reply to everybody. So find me. You Awesome. Oh, and then one last thing. What's your, what is your drink of choice? It's, so next time you're here, we can make sure to have a cocktail waiting for you. Margaritas. I, I, I do love margaritas. Um, had some last night here at home. The one I drink the most is called the Bitter Hound, and it's uh, my husband and I make one almost every night. And it's it's vodka, aperol, grapefruit juice, a little bit of lime juice, and some salt and pepper shaken and poured into a martini glass. And salt and pepper in the drink. Salt and pepper in the drink. Yeah. Wow. And. I went to the liquor store today and bought a big old bottle of Aperol because uh, I'm having one probably as soon as we say goodbye to, on this podcast, I'm probably going to make one because my husband's on his way home. I'll have one ready for him when he gets here. Nice. Yep. Bitter Hound. Awesome. That, the Bitter Hound. The bitter I hound. love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I can't thank you enough for, for chatting with us and doing this and responding to my message in a live Facebook video you did once. And I was like, hey, yeah, he wants to be on the podcast. So it's... Um, 
it's yeah. great to meet you so, and i appreciate you, you. So i was I really nervous out. This is oh crazy. please i'm literally just sitting here i know it sounds room. crazy i know it's <laughs> awesome you guys are great i can't wait all to right. um but just come out and I'll, I'll spread it all over my social media. So you just awesome. let me know when it's out there. Okay? Awesome. All right. Thank you, Darren. Have a good day. Nice Thank you so you. much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. It's John. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John.